You're listening to Pitbull's Fast Pitch Podcast. My name is Jillian Mulderig. The last time I had a guest speaker on my podcast was about a year or so ago, maybe over a year now, and it was one of my favorite people, and I was on my way to Maryland. It was my mom. Now, ironically, I'm on my way to Maryland again, and I also have a guest speaker with us simply because we're trapped in the car together and she has no choice. So I'd like to introduce to you Coach Nicole. She is one of our coaches on staff at Pitbull's Fast Pitch, actually one of our veteran coaches. She's been with us for the beginning. So thank you for being on our podcast today, Coach Nicole. I guess you're welcome since I'm stuck in the car and had no choice nor idea of this occurring before it happened. So hi, everyone. I believe in speaking authentically, and what's more authentic than in-the-moment conversation? I guess you're right. (laughs) Well, since uh, today we're on this ride, and I just recently launched a podcast regarding our tryouts for tryout season. While we're getting our athletes together for our 2021-2022 rosters, we are also in the process of recruiting and hiring our new 2021 and 2022 coaching staff. So for this episode, I'm speaking to all the interested coaches out there. Here at Pitbull's Fast Pitch, we not only prioritize our athletes' development, but we see ourselves as a launching pad for women who played the game and are trying to make that transition onto the sidelines as coaches. And so with that being said, if this is something that may pique your interest, email me at jillian at pitbullsfastpitch.com. I'd love to talk to you, tell you a little bit more about what we do and why we do it, and see if this is a great fit for you starting your coaching career or continuing your coaching career in the game of fast pitch softball. So Nicole, in your experience, can you tell all the listeners what your background, what your exposure to the game is, and what led you to be a Pitbull's Fast Pitch coach? Sure. So I graduated from Denver High School in 2008. Go Spartans! (laughs) Where Mindy Cox, who's still there as the coach, um, trained me, and then I winded up playing two years at Gloucester County College. Well, technically three years, because I got redshirted one. Um, Then I transferred transferred over to Richard Stockton College of New Jersey at the time. I guess it's a university now, and I guess Gloucester County College is a different, but either way. And then after I did that, I played on 23U teams, and then ironically, all of my friends were coaching for this club Pitbulls team. I was a little jealous that I wasn't coaching for it. This is a true story, by the way. (laughs) And then ironically, I wind up um, meeting Jillian, um, president and also the girlfriend at the time and now my wife which is awesome and I got to experience the start of Pitbull's Fast Pitch in Mount Ephraim. I was not a part of the next level when they were transitioning but I'm happy to say that I was one of the little guys in Mount Ephraim and I I love it. It's like a it's like a sisterhood. It really is like a secret sorority that nobody knows about. I do love that we are pretty much a sisterhood in everything that we do. I mean that was a huge part of the design in making our club so cohesive to provide our girls with a home so people that they knew grew up in this game if you're involved in athletics you know how small that sport community is even though there's so many of us so I'm glad that you you mentioned that so thank you but I do want to kind of rewind for a second so um redshirted was the first thing and Coach Nicole has a unique experience because tell them what age you actually picked up a softball for the first time. 
I never started playing softball till I was 15 and it was ironically because my best friend Nicole Ayers at the time was playing and I didn't feel like waiting for her to get done softball practice to come out and play with me outside in the neighborhood. So I was like, all right, well, can't beat him, join him. I joined and um, I was number 15 because that's the age I started and that's why that's my favorite number if nobody knew that. <laughs> and it's crazy because we get these questions all the time like what at what age do you start? Oh, I started too late in this game. And it comes down to the athlete. All right, so we are a skill sport. So you do need skill development, of course. But raw athleticism can make you competitive in this team. And like you said, you never played softball before you were 15 years old. Never. And you went in on school. in high school. Were you a sophomore or freshman? I was a freshman. Freshman. In so spring. So like the beginning of the spring. And uh, so she, her first time playing was for her high school. And little does the people listeners may know, but I hope her former coach might listen to this and attest to it. But she was one of the first freshmen to roster on the varsity squad for Depper High School's varsity softball program, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, not only me that year, it was four freshmen, so we even made the paper because it was such like um, a rare thing that happened at the time with the level of competition in pitchers where we had Nicole, Jamie Minix, um, Lauren Davis, um, your Washington Township pitcher, um, what's her name again? Alyssa um, Mays. Alyssa Mays. Um, Randy Stefelli. You had all those girls in that year, and that was just like brutal. Those girls were pitching in the 60s before the step back, you know? And we were that circa around 2000 and... 2005, 2000. Yep. So I was a 2007 graduate. You're a 2008 graduate? Correct. So around the early 2000s when the game was first... I mean, it wasn't first getting competitive, but the love for it was definitely growing as we were coming up in the game. And New Jersey had some of the top pitchers at that time right in our South Jersey area. So it was a pretty exciting time to grow up in softball. Now, when you were redshirted, tell them about your history. Another feat that Coach Nicole overcame were regards to injuries. And I know a lot of listeners, especially the athletes out there, um, get worried when it comes to injuries about how that's going to impact you. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners today a little bit about your background with your injuries. Sure. So, um, my first injury I got through softball and like, I was a basketball and football player before that. So I already had a, a finger injury and a knee injury because of basketball. I tore my ACL, my meniscus and collapsed the back of my knee when I was a sophomore in high school against Overbrook High School. Uh, we won that game. My team won it for us, but I ended up being out until I think like six months, almost before spring. I honestly, I should have been out for a year, but I came back because I was a hard-headed athlete and thought I could do it all, which I regret as an adult, which every person you're ever going to hear your whole life say that. Always. Injuries can impact you. Just remember that guys. So make sure you take the time to rest and recover because when you're done being an athlete, you're still going to be a human <laughs> <laughs> who has to go to work anyway. So I recovered from that in the high school era, but at that time, like, that was when I was making my debut. Like, I was in my sophomore year, I was going into my, my, my main year, my junior year to be recruited, and um, I wasn't sure what sport I was going to pick, but as soon as that happened, I knew that I, I was going to pick softball, and I knew I had to work 10 times, not even, maybe even triple, quadruple the times that my teammates had to work because I was coming over this injury, um, and I still had to get recruited to schools. So, yeah, at, like, everybody ever in panic mode, like, oh, my God. And you go through a lot of emotional, physical, mental, like, health issues during that time period. But you can get through it. It's just, it's just how strong you're willing to go 
much you want to push yourself, really. Um, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but one of the, the most interesting things you ever said, because in my experience, I was very lucky I wasn't injured. I didn't have any serious injuries throughout my entire career in various sports. So I was very lucky. However, you shared some insight with me, which made me think about injuries differently. And you told me how lonely it was after you got injured. And so as a coach, you recommended at one time to make sure that I reach out consistently to some of our injured athletes because it could be a lonely experience. Yes. And I'm even, um, I'm actually guilty of that as a coach. Um, I used to think as the athlete in the injury that like my coach didn't care or like they forgot about me because I wasn't on the field. But as the coach itself, like the coach is trying to do a thousand things and juggle a thousand things. But we, we as coaching staff, we really can't forget to reach out and say, hey, kid, are you okay? Hey, keep me updated. Just even those little things really make a huge, huge difference. I know my coaches cared, but I feel like they maybe could have like asked me more and more about it. But now that I am a coach, I totally get why they had like they have a job, they have kids, they have the the rest of the team, which is way more important than somebody who's injured. Like you know, like it's important. I mean, not that the person that injured, obviously, I feel like I'm important. But <laughs> as soon as you get an injury, this team sport, you have to rely on the rest of your team. Your coaches have to just keep pushing forward with or without you. And like that's what I didn't understand as the athlete, but as the coach, like I have to tell myself and I make sure I tell all the coaches that I know, like, hey, make sure you reach out. Even if it's from a different team, hey, hey kid, your coach and me were talking, reached out. Like anytime the kid knows that you're talking about them, the the more that they're gonna wanna get back onto that field and that they don't lose the hope of like what what if I get back and they don't wanna I'm not good enough or I'm not up to the rest of my teammates and that's the hardest struggle because you're jumping in off an injury but the girls never stopped so you gotta run you're always just trotting water until you get there and you don't have time to heal injuries during the season because hey every everything we play nowadays is all year round it's not just the season it's tough definitely tough um but yes no I think that's so important to realize that when when you're injured especially as a youth player you're, you're just you just got taken out of the game that you love that environment that you love and not only do you have to come back and rehab and recover but you have to work back to where you were to compete against your peers so it can be a very scary intimidating process but we should all know as a t playing a team sport that nobody should really have to go through it alone I agree all right cool so basically recapping on her history after um now it's called Rowan College of Gloucester County, but you were the very first team to ever make it for that collegiate program at the NJCAA level to the World Series. Yes, we uh, we were the first one ever back in 2010. We won it. And um, now, did you guys go undefeated, or did you? No, we okay. didn't. I, I can't remember so exactly you... what it was, but it was like 31 or 32 and two or four. It was like extremely crazy we only lost like four or two games that year I, i'll get the right stuff for you i don't i hate false information but <laughs> if you go on gcc i'm sure you can find it and because we were the first team and the team i graduated the following year but that next team took it to the next level and won it back to back and they have all of their names there so if you are going to rowan college at gloucester county or you you know you're going past the field or, you, or maybe you're going against them or maybe whatever check it out you'll see all the girls and coach d pasquale was your head coach Steve DiPasquale and um, Coach Mark Enders, who now passed away, rest in peace, Coach Enders, um, passed away 
And he was the assistant. He was awesome. I loved him. And Coach D. Pasquale is still there, still yes, producing still. some championship teams. So yeah, good yes. for you. Shout out to Coach D. Pasquale. Yeah, shout Keep out, Keep representing Coach. South Jersey. So after that, you went on to uh, Richard Stockton, Stockton well, University. I did have a knee surgery during Gloucester County College, too. And that was your third, correct? Yes. Ironically, no, that was my second one. Second. Ironically, that the, the first year that I was there, I played basketball and softball because I loved basketball so much I couldn't get it I couldn't get rid of it and my coaches both were in agreeable that if I didn't miss practice and I did everything I needed that I could play both as I did during the playoffs right so when you're playing a dual sport the other sport starts to interfere so now you're doing double you might have a two-hour practice or a two and a half, a half hour practice and then right after you have your right you're drinking the correct amount of water you're making sure your schoolwork's done well we were going in we were transitioning from our playoffs for basketball and going into the start of our preseason for softball when not to interrupt again but just for our listeners to know this is at the collegiate level i'm sorry oh no totally that was fine i'm not a good podcast <laughs> you're doing great so uh during this we were i had just got done basketball practice we had a playoff game the next day and Katie Trotter is pitching the ball live to me in the cage and the ball fell off my bat and destroyed my knee brace which destroyed my knee and made me re-tear everything that they put together in one hit and then um, went on to the second surgery it was second <laughs> surgery it was got back at it um I actually um that's the year I got redshirted I had played a little bit in the in the fall season and they those um for anybody who doesn't understand being redshirted and stuff like that um, we missed our turn because yeah, we we're getting really turn. into oh, our man, podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry about that, guys. I did it. It was my turn. So if anybody doesn't understand about redshirting, so I played games in the fall that year, and those count to a percentage of the games that I played for the whole entire season. And I don't know if it's the same now, but I believe it's 20%. So I couldn't play 20% of those games, but I, I did play preseason. I did go to Florida that year before my injury. And I, um, I played a couple games in the like um, our preseason warm up. Like everybody goes to Florida or somewhere for preseason in January, like uh, that area in our region. Yeah, like in March. So um, that's where that's where we were when I came home. So I played those games too. So Coach D. Pasquale, he made sure that we got in that year. It rained so much. He made sure we got enough games so that that following year I could participate in that next season. If uh, we didn't play one more game, I would have never been able to have been redshirted and lost a whole year. It's so, and if what she's referring to for those that are getting into or exploring the college level of play, it's an eligibility requirement that she's referring to, which determines based on the number of games you played because a lot of sports have a preseason, like fall season. Um, whether or not you met that threshold for your year of eligibility to be counted. And there's so much more that goes into it. And of course, it's definitely evolving now with the COVID situation. So it's going to be a little different in the world um, coming up. But that is what she's making a reference to here. Yes. But um, no, that was awesome. And I feel like we can get into so much. But I love that you're on this podcast, not only because you're my favorite coach and my wife, <laughs> but because your story just shares so much with athletes. I bet I have a lot of athletes out there who have been injured, have been told you probably can never do this again, or who have gone through situations where they started late in the game. You were 15. 
And a lot of people out there at that age, at that time in the world, would have said, you're never going to make it to college. You're too late. Here you are. You went off and you were a um, collegiate champion. And then you went on and been was a two-year starter at a four-year university for your last two years of education and eligibility and a captain. Yeah. So there was a lot of, a lot of you can'ts, yeah. right? So it, with that coming full circle and you now stepping onto the field, I mean, you have been coaching since 2015. You also went off and coached at the high school level in various sports, both basketball and softball. Um, and your coaching club now. So to all those coaches out there that are listening in this podcast, what, what could you say was, what keeps you on the sideline? Cause I know it's not the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so what keeps you showing up every day, all day? Um, I wouldn't say I grew up in the worst neighborhood, but I grew up where people thought they were really hood and I could have really fell into that. And I absolutely like, you know, have it a little bit when I was younger because I wasn't I was unsure where who I was and I knew exactly who I was when I hit that field and even in my adult stage I know exactly who I am when I'm on them sidelines because even as an adult like I I don't I don't have time to have a hobby or like do stuff and honestly I don't really like to do anything else I love sports and softball is what basically molded me growing up and it kept me in line it kept me off you know off the streets it kept me you know around good people it kept me around student athletes and I love that vibe and if I can do that for other athletes who are in the youth and make them great independent women when they're older then that's why I'm really doing it and um, even if it was a male sport I just think that it's really great for youth to be doing something and especially in this day and age with all this technology it it gives you something to do and um, I love it I love that I can give back and there's nothing like you know you can't do it now you just got to watch it happen yeah, oh, you're talking about not being an athlete yeah. anymore. <laughs> I know it's hard. It's, it's hard, and it's not our time. It's not our time. We're coaches no, now, we're but over. it does feel great to step onto that field that's been a home for you for your whole life. One I just got thing. chills saying I know, that. One last thing. <laughs> it's funny when some of the girls that like struggled but put the hard work in, and maybe you helped them do it, and then they come up to you and like, "Thanks, coach. I couldn't do it without you." And then you just look at them. You're like, "What? I didn't. I wasn't out there." Yeah. You they did, did it. it. I gave you, you did the it. tools, but you could have YouTube this too. <laughs> Not YouTube, but like you have to, as you get older in this game, like it's honestly better if you're a younger coach because you're already equipped. You know exactly what's happening right now in the game. Like we're in our thirties now. We, we have to do our research because we can't teach you the same stuff that we learn because the game's changing every day. Yes. You have to research. You can't just teach. I made a podcast a few episodes ago that made a reference to the age of coaches. And that's why it's so important to us for Pitbulls to be a growing ground for women that are interested coming post your athletic career into the game and wanting to be a coach. You need room to grow. You, But at the end of the day, I want those coaches that are young to not be as insecure because you've been ball handling. You just stepped off of the field. You saw some evolutions that are new to the game as the game continues to, to evolve. So you are more equipped than you may be giving yourself credit for. Yeah, there's going to be a learning curve. Of course, that's in everything that you're going to do. And you're never going to learn it all because it keeps changing. So continue to grow. But you do need that time to start. You need a starting point, a launch pad. And here at Pitbull's Fast Pitch, we're here to provide that to young women who do want to get involved. We, we believe that there's a special relationship with our athletes because we've been there before. 
We know what it's like to have the ball in your hand in that moment when everyone's watching you and have to execute. And what that mental state is where you have to zone everything out, what that feels like to stay completely in a moment, connecting your mind and body to get something done and to do it with a team in a team setting. So it's pretty special and we hope that we can encourage more women who are coming off of the field as athletes to get back on as coaches. And one more thing. When I was jealous that all my friends got to play, like, that, that got to coach for Pimples during that year that I was a little jealous about it. She's referring I, to... <laughs> so I, I recruit women that played the game and I happen to... Re- this year she's referring to recruit a lot of former Stockton graduates. So, and of course, Coach Nicole went to Richard Stockton. I didn't know her at the time. So she heard of Pitbull's fast pitch, and she's like, hey, why didn't I get asked? Yeah, I was, like, more upset that I didn't get asked, but I was too stubborn to be like, hey, can I coach? I was like, no, I should be asked. Everybody else is being asked. But that's not how it works, ladies. You just got to ask. Speak up, and I promise, like, you're going to open so many doors because if you would have asked me before I met Jillian if I was going to be a coach, no. Honestly, my whole life was going to be completely different, but I wouldn't change it for the world, and I really wouldn't doesn't pay the bills but it gives you everything that you need especially like people like me and Jill because we don't have children so this gives us the opportunity to give back watch girls grow watch them become leaders advocates help them get there create an environment where they can do what they do do what they love and love to do it agreed all right well coach Nicole thank you so much for being on this improv uh, podcast yeah, next time give me a little heads up. No I, way. Uh, I get anxiety. Being so. authentic is so important. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I got a little nervous though. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you're interested in joining our coaching staff, we are recruiting for our next season. And you can send me an email at Jillian at pitbullsfastpitch.com. We would love to hear from you. And again, have a great summer season as everyone's starting their their heaviest point of the summer coming up soon in July. So we hope everyone's staying hydrated. Wish you all the best of luck. Give it all, leave it all. All right. Talk to you soon.